0: Man, this fucking bear season is really getting. Oh, I did it again, Gabe. <laughs> oh, you started to just,
1: uh, you're both on one mic. Jacob does this thing where uh, he puts himself on both channels and he records. It's a, uh, it's a podcast, not a Jacob cast. Well,
0: to be fair, I mean, you weren't talking. <laughs>
1: well, to be fair.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Sure. I don't make
0: that mistake I mean sure <laughs> I, I thought I don't know I don't, I don't know why anyway yeah yeah, man football season Ugh. football season's over it's the feeling, best it's feeling like it's
1: bring over. me the horizon song ever <laughs> when I used to make out with Medusa for Stevie Wonder's eyes only sure. tell Slater sure. not to wash his dick okay
0: classics sure absolutely they're classics oh man should I crack a window I don't know. you going to fart in here? I already did. Oh, yeah. Then crack a window. <laughs> Hold on.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, he is cracking the window. It's right here, though. So it's like okay. Let's see if he breaks anything. The okay, Blinds are going up unevenly, but they're going up regardless. True. Locks are coming undone, and window is up. No bones have been broken. No skin has been cut. Ladies and gentlemen, he did it. I mean. Welcome so our window opening champion. Hang on. He has yet to knock something over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yeah. might still have a yeah a there's here
0: there's still time all right gabe yeah you ready oh yeah <laughs> What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 137. We got 137 on deck today. Oh, yeah. And we are back on a beautiful day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. The fall weather, man. I love yeah. that shit. It's perfect, man. It's beautiful. It was, like, ugly and rainy yesterday. I mean, I like it, but, uh, you know. The wives don't. Well, Adriana does, but the thing is, is, like, I'm glad I cleaned out my uh, my, my my gutters this summer. Because they would have gotten way worse. Yeah, it, it would have got brutal up there. You know, there's still because I think you mentioned it before how there's like a dip mm-hmm. in my in my gutter. So it still cu- pours over a little bit just due to the, you know, the dip. But it's not like overflowing like violently like it was earlier in the year. So cut the weeds out. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, But yeah, man, we are back. Gabe, how was your week, buddy? Good. Uh, won some
1: stuff at Bingo. Oh, uh, talk with some Goose Island guys. I did not win the goddamn neon sign, which was, like oh, the no. grand prize. I wanted that one the most. But oh, well, I got a nice beanie and a baseball tee. So.
0: Okay. I can't complain. So you went to a Goose Island sponsored bingo event? Bingo night. Yeah. Okay. Where was, was that at? Cool.
1: It's at uh, it's at Open Bottle in uh Tilling Park. Oh. So it's really cool cuz they'll do like penny pours. So after somebody calls bingo, they'll roll another ball and if you have that uh beer on your card, uh you get a pint of it for a penny. Oh, that's cool. So the bingo cards laid out like they have uh five companies like uh Goose Island, Founders and a couple of others and then the uh the rows going down are different beers from that company. Okay. And so it's just beer bingo. It's cool.
0: Very cool. Excellent. So you brought it up because yeah, uh, you said you you did you apply for an IT spot? Is that something that you were No no no, no
1: no I I went in there asking how their IT team oh, looks but it's remote. It yeah? Yeah, the remote
0: from uh St. Louis. Oh okay.
1: So I was like, eh I ain't moving down there. Yeah, definitely not. As much as
0: I like knocked loose. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So yeah man. Uh yeah, we're back, man. For me, uh it was like an, I guess, kind of an abbreviated week, but not really. I worked four days, but 10 hours every day, so. I got gotcha. you. It's not exactly abbreviated. Did you guys have off, what is that, Columbus Day? Nope. No? No such thing as holidays. Not anymore. <laughs> cool. But uh, I work Saturdays now, so which is why I prefer to do this a little bit later, which is why we've been doing them later. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, we are back, and uh, we got some stuff to go through today. Good shit. So let's talk about uh, Rise of Skywalker, final trailer. Um
1: what what is with us in making really good like star wars predictions Because uh, we talked about how the final fight should be uh like a contrast to the mustafar fight how it should be on an oceanic planet right mm-hmm. wow knock that one out of the fucking park huh well
0: i think it, i well, i think we had some footage at that point when we were kind of like oh yeah that should probably be where glimpses yeah but this is like confirmed yeah we see them with yeah ready to go um so uh, want to give like overall thoughts. Are we, I'm assuming we're not going to be like dive too deeply because every time we do that, we write a better movie.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the trailer looks good. Disney knows what they're doing. There's nothing to kind of um, abjugate here with them dropping a crappy trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I'm still treading lightly. It does look good. I like kind of the uh, some of the ideas they presented. Um, I'm looking forward to that final fight between Kylo and Rey. Yeah. And it looks like they've added a Phasma replacement in the poster mm-hmm. that looks like a female version of Boba Fett in Shinier Armor. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that quite yet. Yeah.
0: That was a that was a little weird. Um yeah, I mean I, I watched it on the big screen when it happened when it debuted on the Monday Night Football last week. And um, you know, I watched it and I enjoyed it. It definitely brings feelings of closure, nostalgia, obviously. And um, just I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. There was a lot of interesting little clips in there. They are very deliberate with what they put in. Um, you know, uh they had Kylo with the mask and then without, um, in you know, in the in the trailer. It looks like they had like a Darth Vader shrine that was getting broken. Um, they gave us a little bit of uh Palpatine's chair. Yeah, and some more of his uh voiceover dialogue. Yep um the line was finally you're coming together will be your undoing he said which i thought was a pretty good line um especially the way he was maybe because it was the trailer but the way it was kind of paced out made it seem like you know it was like his part of a plan but maybe it's not his plan maybe something else is going on sure i'm and still
1: the, kind of curious how they're going to incorporate him without ruining him or i guess
0: they can still ruin him, right <laughs> yeah absolutely um so overall the my opinions on the trailer are pretty positive um and yeah, man, there's just a lot of lot of neat little stuff. Uh, like seeing Lando back involved with all of this stuff. Excited to see him ready to go. Um, I'm just interested, you know. I'm Good just stuff. interested in all of this stuff. And uh, you know, kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, it's six weeks to go. Yeah, man, that's closing in on fast. It's it's actually kind of crazy how quickly this year went by. I, I, I was telling Manny, I was like, can you believe it's already November? Just about, yeah.
1: I mean, we got till Friday. Friday's November first.
0: Yeah, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Um. It's wild, man. And then, you know, Friday's
1: the day to hit uh, Spirit because everything's going to be on clearance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, uh, Star Wars looks good. Like I said, I don't want to get too crazy in depth because, every time, like I said, every time. Star Wars always looks good. It's yeah.
1: just will it deliver this time? This is true.
0: So, and this, they're, they're, it was stated
1: that they have no, at, at the moment, they have no future plans of continuing Uh,
0: mainline movies okay at the moment well that's the marketing behind it. it is like oh finally this epic saga comes to an end um yeah we'll see about that yeah well it'll be kind of hard to backpedal on that but you're right they will probably if if called upon
1: i mean they're probably gonna do some fleshing out of the uh the new extended universe obviously we Mm -hmm. covered the mandalorian that's gonna be coming out real soon too sure uh there was talks of the old republic series that Mm -hmm. we mentioned. I think it's going to be a lot of that before they get back to, hey, man, uh, so we got an episode 10 coming out. Uh, uh, we got a dude with a uh, trident lightsaber. How do we feel about that? Yeah, right. Great, Bob Iger. Great.
0: Yeah, right. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's going to sell so many goddamn action figures.
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Anyway, I saw a movie last night. yeah, yeah. Let me go. That's let me a- know. So. A twenty-four film entitled
0: lighthouse yeah you talked about this a little bit last. yeah
1: week. so we saw it um let me give you the kind of the gist of it right so the it, deets. it is the deets it is robert pattinson and willem defoe as two grizzly crested old seamen uh spending a four-week maintenance shift on a little island with a lighthouse okay um Man, I don't want to give too much away, but this is not your average movie. First and foremost, everything is in black and white, Okay. and I usually um, sum that up to it being like an artsy-fartsy choice, like you know you're going for that douchey approach, but I think it actually works very well for this film because there's a lot of um, black and whites, obviously, and that gray stuff in between, and the shadow play is just so damn beautiful in this movie, and I think it incorporates it very well. And I think it was a compliment as opposed to a hindrance, you know what I mean? Because some people, I feel like a lot of movies approach this like, let's shoot it in black and white. Because the director or um, the screenplay guy has this kind of vision of grandeur in mind, right? And it doesn't translate well. No, this movie, I think, did it perfectly. Uh, Second of all, I want to talk a little bit about... um, This is a masterclass in sound design. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie isn't outright a horror. It's It's a thriller film. But I've never seen something as sinister as like ocean waves crashing onto rocks with this fucking insane music behind it. Like that shit should not be creepy. Okay. God damn was I rattled to my bones when that was on screen. In okay. black and white and like, like I said the sound design is phenomenal. The pacing is great. Um, It is, Uh, is let's call it a psychological thriller at the okay. end of the day. Um, I think this is personally my favorite Willem Dafoe role. I think that <laughs> he's in his fucking own natural skin playing a grizzled old sea, man. He's crazy. He's an alcoholic. Okay. He's delusional. He's gaslighting Robert Pattinson. <laughs> and he's a fucking psychopath. And he does it so well. And I think there's so many good lines in this film. Uh, it's in ye old English, by the way. Ye old English. Yeah. So it's, I think it's like 1800s. Um, it's fucking wild, man. It's trippy. There's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of crazy themes going around. And the lighthouse itself, the mystery of the lighthouse, it is absolutely bonkers i i definitely like the film i think that if there was any more douchey sprinkled on it i think i would not have enjoyed it though okay it's like right there at like my artsy fartsy tolerance for for films you know okay because there's definitely too much sure where you're doing overkill you know what i mean uh there's kind of a lot to be interpreted extrapolated by the viewers extrapolated i i think it is a good film though and i think that if you appreciate um, sound design and production on a set You should definitely check this out because this does everything that a good thriller horror movie should in sound design and then some. Okay. Uh, Great acting. I think Robert Pattinson knocked it out of the fucking ballpark. Uh, Willem Dafoe knocked it out of the fucking ballpark. They're great. And I think there's going to be a lot of good quotes coming out of this film um, once kind of more people start to see it.
0: And where is this uh, able to be viewed
1: uh it is in theaters at the moment oh it's on th- it's i don't think it's on like the big big screens because the one we saw it was like a 50 person room okay but yeah dude check it out i think it's totally worth it okay in my opinion you're gonna have some strange thoughts afterwards and you're gonna sit there twiddling your thumbs wondering about life
0: so where did you get it where where, where where what theater did you go to oh, we just went to an amc oh an amc showing yeah they're okay. showing at amcs
1: okay uh that being said uh i want to give a little quick shout out to a movie we both love november 10th 11th and 12th you can catch a screening of the godfather 2 At AMC Cinemas, Mm -hmm. it's a fathom event. I
0: feel like they're doing uh, more of those these days.
1: Well, because they did the Ghibli films last year, and they did them this year as well. And then they're doing this. They did Alien. Mm -hmm. Um, I dig it, man. I dig it. You got to choose the right movie, and I feel like you got to choose the right dates because I think Godfather would have heavily benefited from a Thursday, Friday, Saturday Mm -hmm. in November where nothing bigs coming out. Sure. I would have definitely come on to that, but it's uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And unfortunately... Uh, my week that week is packed because Tuesday we're going to go see a documentary. Wednesday is Counterparts and varials. Uh Thursday is a day off and then Friday is Devil's Prada and Pokemon and the main and Ford versus Ferrari. That November 15th is so stupidly fucking packed. It, is, it might
0: be the busiest day of this year. Interesting. I
1: will come up with an exact list of everything going on that day. Okay. So, but yeah, th- that is grossly busy.
0: Man, the, I th- I've only done one Fathom event and it was uh, the Killing Joke when that came out. Yeah. That was pretty cool though.
1: Good stuff, man. I I feel like we should go to more of these, especially oh, like yeah. the Godfather one, man. That's like right up our alley.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got Mondays off, so I might have to. There you go. May have to make a move. Uh, it'd be nice to see it like on the big screen, you know? Yeah, three hours long. I'm God, with it. Don't don't piss for that. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I love the Godfather, so that might be the play. Might be the play. I'll ask Adriana see how she's feeling about that. Doesn't sound like a so anyway. Like a plan. Uh, the Lighthouse
1: is a really good thriller film. I do enjoy it. I don't want to give it. A rating quite yet. I want to sit on this a little more because, like I said, you're going to be sitting there thinking about some stuff after the movie.
0: Um, do you I, find Do you find yourself keeping at this point in the year keeping the ratings close to your chest so you can kind of have something to say at the end of the year?
1: I I, I am. Um, it, at the moment, it is my number one is tied between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Joker. I think both those two were standout films. Okay. Um, I've still got a handful of more of movies that I want to plow through, and of course, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I am keeping. Uh, these ratings that I give out for albums and movies and concerts—I know we don't do ratings for that—but I am keeping all that in the back of my head because mm-hmm. all this is going to factor into my top list. Yeah, for the, sure. Uh, end of the year stuff yeah. that we like to do,
0: and it's coming around like you said, man. It's closing in quickly. That's like eight or nine weeks out. Yeah, a couple. More that's episodes. wild, man. A Couple more episodes and we'll be there. All right, so that's, I'm glad. So I got I got some Scooby-Doo things, Scooby-Doo related topics because they broke. Uh, we had a conversation at work, me and the the girls in the office. And basically, um, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the theory that Scooby-Doo, all of Scooby-Doo, the cartoon, all happens in like Shaggy. Post-apocalyptic. No, 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 no. In Shaggy's head. It just happens all in Shaggy's head because he's stoned out of his little mind, right? Or that these group of friends get together, get stoned in Shaggy's van, and they create these adventures, you know, in their head or whatever. And you come out with a fun little backstory on it. I'm just wondering what are your your opinion on the matters. Do you have a theory? Is it as we seems as it seems? Um, you know what what is your opinion? I know you love Scooby Doo. We all do.
1: I think my theory is that Hanna Barbera stumbled onto gold, and then they started to make every single fucking cartoon be Scooby Doo, and we had to wait eight years between. Season two and three. There's so much going on with Scooby Doo and I think that if you if you wanna find meaning and all this crazy shit, you can. Yeah. And by all means, if it helps you enjoy the series more, do it. I don't think there's anything more to it. Yeah. This released in you know, the nineteen seventies, which is a time of Saturday morning breakfast cartoons where every cartoon was made to sell a product or some shit like that. Yeah. And Scooby Doo just felt like this kind of weird genuine adventure the monster of the week format mm-hmm. and i don't think it has anything to do with that do you have
0: a famous or a favorite monster out of all the scooby-doo monsters out of the og ones yeah. or
1: um i really like the spaceman the tar monsters up there mm-hmm. creepers classic um going through these uh there is that that astronaut though yeah the one with the laughing and the yeah yeah glowing
0: helmet that one was pretty good i like the the scuba diver or the deep sea oh my god what how were they called the deep sea diver yeah where he has like the fucking helmet yeah that was really good too yeah i like i
1: actually have all that scooby-doo stuff on dvd so i might have to plow through and kind of sit down oh uh the zombie and the witch another excellent excellent episode
0: yeah there's some good stuff because i actually i we had scooby-doo the movie on the on the tube yesterday I'm like, man, this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it's bad. You got to rewatch uh, Zombie Island, man. Yeah. No, no, that's... That's
1: that's my favorite piece of Scooby-Doo media. I
0: agree. Because yeah. it, it, it's the right amount of grit, but it's still fun and it's still Scooby-Doo. But you're just like, this is, this is up a notch. This is like 11.
1: Well, because they gave him total creative control. Scooby-Doo was in a rut. And they just said, do what you want. Really? Yeah. And that's why the, the subsequent VHS movies didn't live up to it. Because after that, we got The Witch's Ghost, which was also good. We got Alien Invaders, which was
0: mm,
1: probably my least favorite of the mm-hmm. bunch, and then we got uh, Cyber Chase, which kind of wraps when, it all up. When did um, Zombie Island come out? That was the late '90s, right? '99 or 2000? Okay, that sounds about so, right. So yeah,
0: maybe '96 actually. Because go ahead and get that look, look real quick, because man, that that's something that's formative, man. Because it's kind of it has everything that you want if you're a Scooby. 1998. Fan. Yeah, it's got everything that you want if you're a Scooby-Doo fan. It's also really up on, like, the music. The music video, we talked about that before. Metal as fuck. The music was fucking dope. And it kind of had legitimate, like, scares, like, actual horror. Yeah, because it was a real monster. Yeah, actual horror elements to it. Not as cheesy, and they kind of break the mold, the Scooby-Doo mold on that regard. Absolutely. Well, you could already tell that
1: we're back in this Scooby-Doo, like, lull or rut because they made a Return to Zombie Island movie that released October 1st. And I I don't want to watch it because I don't think anything Did will they really live up to that. Yeah. Yep. There is a Return to Zombie Island movie that was released October 1st, 2019.
0: Shit, I, I kind of want to watch it, though. Well, watch it, and we'll give a review.
1: <laughs> I have Zombie Island around the house somewhere if you want to borrow that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's do a spooky review. Of it's, spook- it's spooky season after all. I think Adriana said that she wanted to do the universal monster movies once we started getting dinner kicked off because she's a big fan she wants me to buy her i came across on mondo i don't know if you're familiar with that website Mm -hmm, i am um where it has a uh, creature of the black goon tiki mug nice and she wants it like really fucking bad (laughs) so i might have to mondo does a lot of really cool
1: uh like horror movies Mm -hmm. on vinyl on wax um and i think it's well i know you have the halloween ones but like (laughs) <laughs> you know I was just sitting there thinking like who the fuck would want any of this shit yeah. like I know there's like horror fans but like who wants to listen in, in their dark ass basement their musty ass basement listen to this shit talking about a killers around the fucking door
0: for sure but they actually have some really good art on all their vitals oh, absolutely. too they have the 40th anniversary of Halloween one that was like really fucking awesome where it's not really a clear picture of Michael's face but it's almost like you're seeing him through like a rain covered lens yeah like a lens it was really well put together so Mondo Good stuff, man. Good that's, stuff. That's excellent. Talk to me about American Horror Story. So um, me and Adrian started it because I had we had it backed up on the DVR because like, we're just like, let's get, line up a few episodes and plow through them. Uh, we are completely caught up up to this point. I think they got like two or three more episodes left. Obviously, American Horror Story, this particular season, is 1984, which is all based on the, the famous slashers of the era, right? They couldn't really decide who They wanted to rip off. We mentioned that a couple of weeks ago on the pot. So, with that being said, um, not the c- biggest American Horror Story fan, but I love everything about this season of this show. Um, I just even the from the intro, I think they definitely took saw realized what a little bit what Stranger Things was doing and like, well, let's take a little bit of that kind of ominous vibe, but it still has a kind of an 80s funk to it, 80s uh, vibe. And um, the intro is fantastic. Uh, the season opens up and, you know, they're, they're these group of ragtag uh, teenagers, early young adults are going to be a camp counselors at a camp nearby mm. about an hour away from Los Angeles. So uh, the adventure starts off. I'm Actually, I mean, I know this is kind of common for the series, but I'm actually surprised at how much they can get away with <laughs> as far as the violence. I know it's FX and they're not like crazy, like concerned about it. But um, it's tv still it's still tv like i don't know yeah maybe i'm just kind of stuck in the old 15 years ago was a different beast man yeah kind okay of, maybe i'm just kind of stuck on this tv used i mean to hey
1: be. man south park's been doing it since 96 so why not
0: this is true uh because it does get a little little crazy with the violence sometimes and that's okay um they kind of set up multiple storylines that are all kind of linked together with this camp right um and they have, like it, it kicks off like Quick, hot, and heavy. Like there's no no holds barred from the first episode onward. As a matter of fact, I don't, I'm not going to try to get too crazy into the spoilers because obviously I don't know everything quite yet. But like the first four or five episodes is all one night. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that goes down in those in that one night. And uh, now we just hopped into this last episode, which springs forward kind of abruptly. Um, so if you're a fan. Of the '80s look vibe, and if you like slashers of the era, you would definitely enjoy this. I would recommend it to you. I'm sure Maddie will love it. Sure. Um, and I think this is a um, so far. I mean, like I said, not crazy of the franchise, but probably my favorite season of the show, at least the ones I've watched. Sure. Uh, uh,
1: so you touched on it briefly, but I kind of want to bring this to light because I had this weird th- thought epiphany, whatever you want to call it. Um. The 80s are kind of coming back. A little bit. Because um, we stumbled across the song by a singer named Meg Myers, mm-hmm. and it's a cover of uh, Running Up That Hill. And I was like, wow, this is particularly good. It sounds straight out of the 80s, but it yeah. was released this year. Yeah. And then I kind of sat down and thought, like, well, Halloween is back. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting the American Horror Story. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And then, like it's not new but i feel like it's gaining momentum in like the electronic scene all this like synthwave stuff mm-hmm. is coming to the mainline. yeah and so i was like man it's kind of weird that we're witnessing this resurgence of 80s pop culture
0: absolutely and um when i went to universal they had some of that going on too i mean i know it was tied into the stranger things you know thing but um like a lot of the because the, i guess the theming kind of like an arcade kind of a look to it and then mm-hmm. You can't go to an arcade or have an arcade look without thinking of the '80s. Yeah. The neon effect of it, you know, um, is kind of. I think that uh, hand in hand,
1: Infinite Warfare Zombies map that uh, amusement park did a really good job of capturing that that feel. I, I did like that. Yeah, that was um, fun. Well, okay, so we'll end this topic off on this. What do you want uh, to be cool or acceptable again from the '80s?
0: Um. I just like the like the ugh, aesthetic, the like aesthetic. Neon yeah. the neon. and the neon's cool. I I, I dig that. I mean, I'm not particularly crazy about any of the the music, really. I gotcha. Or um, you know any of the fashion trends. It's not really my. I mean, look at me for crying out loud, right? Um, but uh, I do like the neon aesthetic. Um, like I, like like I look back at the Terminator, and it had the whole film noir kind of a feel to it. I like yeah. that style. Maybe some film because there's some good stuff in film when it comes to the '80s. You know, obviously in the slasher department, but like like I said, the Terminator and things like that come to mind. Um, So I wouldn't mind seeing like a comeback of that. I think that would be kind of cool. And um, you know, like I said, I think Stranger Things kind of was the catalyst. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely was was the catalyst of all this. And they've done a good job. And um, and American Horror Story, I think, like I said, I think you should give it a proper look. I think you definitely definitely enjoy it. However, there is something that I did want to mention. There is. Tie in with some real life events, real life people in this American Horror Story season. And I'm surprised there's no uproar about it. You know what I mean? Uh, People talking about the Joker, la la la. But there's a a character in this season that That was a real person. That was a real person who was doing some fucked up shit. And you would think that you would hear something about that. So I thought that was a little strange and you mentioned that running up the hill placebo did a fantastic cover of that song too. So I would look that up, good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would de- this is definitely a recommend so far. I mean, they could totally shit the bed in the last couple episodes and it'll maintain change it around a little bit, but I do enjoy the casting. Uh, they've done a good, I mean, they do that every single season. They have the same people, same people, same characters. Uh, I mean, I, and, uh, I know the wife is looking into all the tie-ins to the previous seasons and stuff like that. So overall, Enjoying it, and I'll uh, let you guys know how, once it ends, how I feel about it overall, total. So, awesome. good stuff overall. With that being said, speaking of 80s, all right, um, I saw a trailer, actually, for this. Uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas is uh, being redone by Blumhouse, right? So, you know, you know at least they're going to have fun with it, right, at the very least. And there's a very good chance it may be proper, because that's Blumhouse in a nutshell. Either it's a fun little project, miss. or it's actually... Good. (laughs) Um, So, Black Christmas. You familiar with Black Christmas at all? It was in a. um, It was essentially one of the first slasher films ever. Um, John Carpenter took a lot of the influence from this and translated it into Halloween. Uh, Basically, it is a killer going around a sorority house. All right. Good body count, right?
1: Oh, I saw the trailer for this actually. So you did see it, okay?
0: Yeah. Um, kind of the same kind of '80s kind of vibe too. I kind of like the whole blood-soaked uh, Snow. Christ- Christmas light thing. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of dig that. I know that's kind of sick, but um, yeah, man, this looked good. This looked like a lot of fun. Um, like you said, Bloomhouse hit or miss, right? You yeah. can never know. Uh, I'm thinking I'm gonna see it though. I'm definitely gonna give it a chance. I think it's coming out early December, December, whatever. Stuff. whatever the hell it is. First there, week.
1: um, there are some pretty good Christmassy. Horror movies mm-hmm. out there so, Silent Night, Deadly Night's a pretty good one uh, We watched one of those four separate stories And they all kind of converged on William Shatner's character And that was called A Christmas Horror Story, which is particularly good really? I don't know if it's still on Netflix huh. But one of them's is like uh, Like a mall Santa goes nuts <laughs> And another one is like changelings steal a kid And uh, one of them's like They fight Krampus, which is the most ridiculous one right? But like all of them were like Horror-y aspects in one way or another
0: for my all of our long time listeners, remember what Gabe was completely obsessed with the whole Krampus thing for like an extended period of time.
1: I have a Krampus Christmas sweater that my girlfriend bought me. Yeah, so I am still obsessed. Okay, so
0: <laughs> yeah, but you would bring it like you you wouldn't stop like you just brought it up every every week for like a six month period. <laughs> hey man, I liked it. Some of my friends hate it, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was yeah. I remember that. That was like maybe early early on. That was twenty
1: fifteen. Yeah,
0: early on in the podcast. All left. right,
1: let's talk. Rainbow Six Siege, a game that I have not touched yeah. in quite some time.
0: Excellent. So Siege got its new Halloween event. Uh, last week's ho- last year's Halloween event was just basically house. Like, Super some, foggy, yeah, low sp- visibility house. spookyfied house with some cool skins overall. right. Uh, this particular year, they have decided to up the ante. Right. They basically took amusement park, spookified it a little bit more, uh, emphasized the more haunted house aspect of it. And uh, rolled with it. And, uh, you know, half of the ops that you can use are all trap based that you can't. Obviously, you're not going to have a gun. Uh, and the other it's, you know, the other the other ops are dumbed down version with like the sick hammer that they bash these uh, zombie characters like characters over with the head. All right. And uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I haven't engaged in it yet, but all the footage looks like a fucking hoot. I love the, 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 the trap based. Uh, mechanic, mechanic, with it, where they just like let me just throw a whole bunch of fucking uh, Ella Guzman mindset in your fucking face and go poof, poof, over and over again, and basically, if you're a monster and you survive, you win. Like last man, and if you're you know your last one standing, you win for the round, right? So overall, looks like a lot of fun, but these skins, though. Oh man, these skins is. Hasty. Yeah, they raised the bar on the skins this year because there's definitely were some good ones last year. There were some really good ones. I, I'm still rocking that thermite skin. Yeah, the thermite with the bug-eyed, who like his face is burned <laughs> off and he has the bug-eyed. Hey, hey that shit is so funny. It is this when I get MVP? I get I get so mad every time I get killed by one of them because like you know how once you get killed, it's it shows the fucking face. Yeah, it zooms in on his face. Speaking I'm like this, the corner. This motherfucker, <laughs> Shit-eating grin. For sure. Yeah, that was a good one. But this season they got a really cool bandit one. You, I know you liked Frost quite a bit. Why does Frost have always like
1: really fucking good skin? She had the, the Viking elite skin. She has the Viking one, yeah. Viking the, skin. Then this demon skin is great with the Chelsea smile.
0: Yeah. uh There is uh, who else? Legion has some really fucking good ones. Yeah, Legion has some good ones. Yeah. So there's some good skins going on this particular season. And like Abe said, I know we're not like on top of all the siege stuff these days because there's a lot, a lot of other games out and about. um But, <laughs> you know, it's awesome, man. We probably should have mentioned that we transitioned over to gaming, but hey, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so check it out. I'm sure most people will enjoy it. And uh, let us know like what you think because yeah. we haven't touched it yet. Absolutely. Good stuff. So talk about zombies.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, Last of Us Part 2 delayed till May 29th, and it was
0: slated for a March release. Yeah, early March.
1: Early March release. So six weeks. How do you feel about it? Kill me. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's Naughty Dog.
0: Yeah. No, I know. Um, that's the thing because uh, I was telling Adriana about it. She's like, well, isn't that what you want? Because basically they're saying, well, hey, like, we didn't want to rush it out. We want to add that extra layer of polish onto, yeah, our, what they said. onto our final product, pushing it back a couple a few weeks. And like I said, I complained to Adriana. She's like, well, wouldn't you rather ha- be perfect and not have to complain about what yeah. it not being perfect later? I'm like, shut up. You're making too much sense. Uh, uh,
1: I think Spawnwave did a really good job kind of breaking this down. He said, at this point, we've waited six years for this game. What's another six weeks? You know what I mean? Especially if they're trying to truly deliver that, like, Mirror
0: polish finish to yeah. this product, you know. Hey, Adrian said the same fucking thing too. Almost. You know. Yeah, but I think it'll be good. Absolutely. I mean, um, I, I have, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they're doing the right thing. Because if they say they need time, let them have all the time that they need to accomplish that. They have, um, you know, the trust and the. Hey, love. maybe
1: it'll launch with multiplayer now. Oh, because they said it wasn't going to launch with multiplayer. They said that was going to be additional content that's going to come down the pipeline eventually. That's a good point. So maybe now it'll launch with it. Because The Last of Us Multiplayer was actually a lot of fun. A ton, tons of fun. Damn. I didn't think about that, Gabe. You might be right about that. Yeah, because that was like the big thing. They said the game's going to launch, but you're going to have to wait for the multiplayer. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I don't hmm. know. Maybe we'll see. Six weeks. Gabe might have cracked maybe, the code on that one. Cracked the code. Anyway, let's talk about uh, Fallout first. you know what this is? I have no idea so do you remember that game that everybody loved and rejoiced at uh bethesda do you remember that fallout 76
0: yeah i heard it was amazing (laughs) yeah so
1: (laughs) let me tell you what they're doing now they got this thing called fallout first which is a monthly subscription of 13 dollars for bonus content or 100 bucks a year right and so okay uh what the fuck is going on out 76. But Bethesda, what if they have, like, like really... They really shat the bed yeah. year in and year out. Really rapidly,
0: it's just fucking...
1: Because they used to be, like, gods. gods amongst men. Yeah. And now we're... They're, like, yeah. on EA territory
0: right now. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Um, So here's a couple of things that are cheaper than Fallout 1st on the monthly one. Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Which you can pick up a lot of Gears 5. You can pick up The Outer Worlds, which just released Friday, and it's already on Games Pass. A lot of really good fucking games are on Xbox Game Pass. Uh-huh. And I think I might just hop on because it's a dollar for my first month Yeah, because uh, I'm on PC and it's still in beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation Now yeah. is cheaper. A RuneScape uh, subscription is cheaper. There's a lot of fucking things that are cheaper than this, and this is for one particular game uh, that's not all that great, and it's been in this kind of broken mess state. Um yeah man what the fuck is
0: going on i don't know that's that's a little strange i mean um at this point they have a game that a whole lot of people aren't playing these days so their idea is to monetize every last penny yeah. they can out of it and then probably send it on its way like. well you
1: know uh, i mentioned it to you prior i thought that they were just going to go free to play and just be like well you know what fuck it if you ever had a passing interest it's free download it and if you like it stick around if not uninstall it right because yeah. that's kind of like the mentality sure and then if they did that, then of course they're going to have to have some way to monetize it. Yeah. But no, it's still a game you got to pay for up front. And now to get everything you want, you got to pay that 13 a month. I don't get it. Refucking really fucking ridiculous. Literally, Bethesda's only saving grace right now is going to be um, the next Elder Scrolls. Or it's going to be like the next mainline Fallout entry, Fallout 5. Or what else do they do? Uh, they're like mainline
0: Bethesda games. They have a whole bunch of them. I just can't think off the offhand. Bethesda, are they? Uh, no, that's Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was gonna say um, Diablo, but that's Blizzard.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, their their next one's gonna have to be their saving grace because they've been on a downward trajectory for like a while now.
0: Quick question: it, Are you like with Fallout? Or is that like something that you've never really understood? Because it's this I've like I understand the appeal, but I've never really been interested in Fallout.
1: Um, I've played Fallout Three for a snippet of time, and I didn't delve super deep into it. I I understand the appeal. I just don't think it's per se up my alley. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hmm. And I get it, because there is a lot of good stuff beneath there, like Fallout New Vegas, Fallout Four, Fallout Three. Yeah, like those are good mainline entries. Sure, you know, and I understand, but it's just like the same way that Star Trek doesn't appeal to me. That doesn't mean it's inherently bad. Yeah, it just doesn't mean you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, it's because it was what I felt like it was like a party that like I wasn't invited to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I you totally know? understand. I just I'm like I don't I don't get it. Like I, I, you know, I just don't get it. I'm sure you had fun. Yeah, I mean it's I not for everyone. But I didn't get it.
1: It was this weird like fucking westernized version of Star Wars that didn't wasn't a space opera. It was like a try. post-apocalyptic. I like the premise. Yeah. I think the premise is really cool. I For never sure. invested in that premise, though. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, in addition to, first, the atrocity, we have um, some possible good news.
0: Let's see. Well, we'll see. Go okay. ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, uh,
1: somebody caught Ed Boon after, uh, like, a Brazilian game show or whatever. Um, and they were asking about Shallon Monks. And Ed Boon said, I'd fucking love to remaster Shallon Monks. But it all comes down to what Warner Brothers wants. Yeah. Um, interesting take uh because this is th- hands down the best non-mainline mortal combat entry and probably top three mainline mortal combat entries period yeah um, <laughs> i'd put it right behind mk11 honestly Oh,
0: all right i put it
1: i'm sorry mk mkx That's it. yeah you like that I, I liked x a lot more than i liked 11 but, Oof. yeah, I'd put it up there, man. I'd probably put it at number three, but it is in top three nonetheless. For sure, top
0: five, I would have to, like, look and think about
1: it. Yeah, man. I think that they could, if they did a good job of making it, like, the full 1080, right, I think for 30 bucks, I think it'd sell, like, hotcakes. Absolutely. And I think if they did a Switch port, because that game's, like, two and a half gigs, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it was on the PS2, so it probably had to be less than two gigs. Yeah. I think they did a Switch port, ooh, baby. Yeah. That's, like, ideal. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Just
1: take it on the run with you.
0: Well, obviously, we know that this is a thing that Boone has been, like, talking about. Like He, he teases it every opportunity he gets when he talks about. He's like, oh, look what somebody dropped at my desk this morning. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know you're trolling. We all know that you're trolling. Stop it. Stop it, Boone. But, um, yeah, man, that would be something that I would hop all over, like, quickly. But <laughs> your pre-orders down. Yeah, uh, that. That's a pre-order. That's for sure. That's for sure getting done. Uh, because I you know, I, I bought the, the game on opening day when it came out. Um, and it's just a great beat em up. I had so much so many fond experiences with Unlocking the game. All those fatalities as Ab- the game progresses. Absolutely. Uh just because ex- Mortal Kombat 2, I've mentioned it is my favorite Mortal Kombat game. And just being able to explore the world, getting to see everything from different perspectives this time, all those like famous, world famous, uh, you know, like levels, the Deadpool, the Deadpool, the the, you know, the Wastelands, all that stuff, and getting to see it in three dimensions, and getting to play around with it, and all the puzzles that went along with it, in true Mortal Kombat fashion, it was probably one of the best when it comes to secrets, all those extra things that came along with it, Um, and it didn't feel like a wasteful entry. It didn't feel like gimmicky. It felt
1: genuine and inspired.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they really nailed that, that combat system with that game. They did such a good job with that. And I, I didn't hate mythologies. I know a lot of people do. (laughs) Gabe just gave me an eye roll. I thought mythologies was fun. Brutal, brutal. I'll, I'll give you that hard as fuck, but, um, I had a fun with it. And this is probably like six to seven times better than that. Like easily. And, um, getting some, giving us some fun background story. I would love to see it. I think it's the perfect time, man.
1: I think a switch port would be the best thing for this game because it would be better than just playing that on your commute to work. Yeah. Or like from home and you're all frustrated and shit. Just take it out on some cottons.
0: Yeah, man. That's that. That would be something I would love. I would love that for sure. For sure. Speaking of that. So my wife uh, has uh, informed me of a late birthday present that I'm going to try to bring home tomorrow. Want to know what that birthday present is. What is it? Uh, so she put a down payment on a that Arcade 1-Up Mortal Kombat, Mortal, Kombat Mortal Kombat cabinet nice. for me. So I'm going to try to get it paid off tomorrow, wheel it in here, build it, and hopefully have it set up right there, maybe move my chairs around and do something with it. Where do you think I should put it, Gabe? I know this is probably bad for air but because <laughs> they can't see my room. But where do you um, think I should put it? I don't
1: it? think it would be a bad idea putting it in here, actually, where it, I'm sitting. Putting a Gabe spot? And I can just sit on the floor. <laughs> and be like a dog and just rub my ass cheeks on your anyway uh, yeah I think here there, there is probably okay. a good spot interesting so
0: hopefully you'll have we'll have it here next week and we can... if it's not that massive you could probably put it at the corner of your desk oh <laughs> well, I know it's not that big well maybe I'll slide something down I can figure something out maybe. yeah uh, so maybe next week once the pod finishes me and Gabe will be fiddling around with because the... it
1: has one two and three ultimate
0: ultimate three yeah yeah that's the way to go with three <laughs> yeah so we'll see hopefully I have it next week uh, and I'm excited about it Moving along, so Ubisoft, I think they did their their final their fiscal year presser. I think it's coming to an end, or they're rounding the corner on the last quarter of their year. And basically, they have admitted they fucked up that they fucked up this year. Uh, how everything is kind of just fucking trash and everything. Like a lot of games got pushed back. They pushed back Siege Quarantine. Uh, And I think there was Gods and Monsters or whatever. They have a game coming out, which actually looked pretty pretty interesting. They pushed that one back.
1: Even Uh, then, they were ruining their IPs as they were coming out. We mentioned this, that just because games as a service works... For Rainbow Six Siege, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it'll inherently work for something like Assassin's Creed franchise or yeah. Ghost Recon franchise, and I think that's exactly why we're not seeing a Splinter Cell entry because they're probably <laughs> sitting there like, well, how the fuck do we make this like, uh, like, in every month or every quarter we drop new DLC and you you want to buy it, you know?
0: Yeah, that's um, that's definitely something that's interesting. I and I think they're, I'm hoping that they're taking this with you know with grace and they're understanding, okay. We've well, because like siege, like we get excited whenever there's new ops coming out or like a new map. Sure, it's like
1: chaos, but like the good kind of like mosh pit chaos yeah. in the siege community. For sure. Whereas like, do these other IPs really lend themselves to this format?
0: No. Well, like I don't do I. I don't know, man. I just I just wish that because I remember when Vegas came out, you know Rainbow Six Vegas, and how like on top of their game they were back then. And it wasn't just that. It was like the Splinter Cells. I think Blacklist was coming out. And there was like a good good amount of Ubisoft games. I think Future Soldier came out a couple of years later for Ghost Recon. And it was just like, man, these games are really good. Ubisoft on top of their shit. And right now, it just seems like everything except Siege is just falling short. You know, even with like Watch Dogs and all that. Because Watch Dogs also a property. Flop. Yeah. Flop Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know we'll see because it's like remember Watch Dogs 2 yeah that came out i didn't but you know <laughs> just just because it worked for rainbow six siege that shouldn't be the template
1: you know what i mean the exception not the rule because the siege gameplay at its core is very tight map yep. it is interesting and you'll never have the same match twice now mm-hmm. can you say the exact same about your other properties mm-hmm. if the answer is no well then don't apply that as a games as a service and if the answer is yes then why'd you make the same game twice Yeah, this is true. You know what I mean? It just doesn't lend itself. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is, man. Because see, we can sit here and talk all day about Rainbow Six Siege, about the comeback, this and that. It just works because clearly there was love and care taken into it. And I don't think we've gotten a mainline Rainbow Six entry since Siege,
0: right? You think that's a Montreal thing? Because I know Ubisoft has a bunch of studios like a lot of the other big... But Montreal is like immune to that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They're just taking care of their property, dude. That's all it is. And we always say that if you put... Like a genuine effort towards it. It's going to show. It may not be the game of the year material, but it's going to show that you like gave a shit.
0: It's weird. I'm going to have to look back and see which ones Montreal did because I know they did all the, all the Rainbow Six games and all of those were fun. All of them. All of them have been fun. So, I'm wondering what the maybe there's a disconnect between Montreal and the rest of the the other studios.
1: I think Montreal's probably going to have like at least some free reign with what they want to do and just some pushback on on the mother company.
0: Yeah, that's a little interesting. I'll have to look into that. Maybe I'll give you guys a report on that next week, but um, that's interesting to me. All righty, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, So, big release. Uh, You know, me, I mean, I was talking shit. I know Gabe gave me a hard time when he walked into the house today (laughs) because he's like, oh, you fucking bought it man i'm like yeah i know no pre-orders i'm like well i didn't pre-order he's like it's the same fucking thing it was worse even they already had your 60 bucks bro yeah anyway um so modern warfare dropped i'm like you know what you know i think um activision caught some positive press near the end like the last like three days they're like yeah for sure not happening so i'm like all right cool let me give them a shot so i i bought the game uh got maybe a couple hours into it like i said this is more of a first impressions and not so much a review i'm gonna play the the, the story mode because i'm hearing good things about it um it's a soft reboot from my understanding of yeah, the story mode that that's what i'm hearing too and um quick impressions it's fun i told gabe uh, a lot of the maps that came in the beta were the worst maps i've seen so far um i like the more battlefield-y kind of maps um and um, so far, I'm having a decent time with it. I'm having, uh, you know, I'm having a good time. Um, now, it doesn't quite bring back that old-timey goodness like with Black Ops 2, which I say multiple times on this podcast is the pinnacle, is the apex of the Call of Duty franchise. You're never going to get better than Black Ops 2. Never, in my opinion. I know Gabe liked defend You know, me and Gabe have gone back and forth on this. Like, I like this one. He didn't like that one. It's well, just- I-, I
1: think we can both agree that around that, time frame give or take a game yeah was the pinnacle of cod What well, what would you say legitimately well when i hopped off it was black ops 1 but i'll give it to you black ops 2 did a lot of great stuff really for the game yeah okay i i kind of hopped off early but i you know i have some time in black ops 2 mm-hmm. and i do agree that there was a lot of good improvements mm-hmm. but like i said give or take a year or a game at this point
0: right it's, it's pretty much
1: around the same era
0: what's your favorite one
1: though? what's my favorite one? Oh, that's hard man that's rough just overall or yeah multiplayer overall overall
0: the whole package whole the whole, pack. the whole package
1: ah sweet paper jesus um i don't know man might have to be oh <laughs> i'll get back to you on that okay i don't know
0: cuz i cuz I, I i agree that black ops 2 is the pinnacle but black ops 1's my personal favorite
1: yeah that one's up there for me man yeah. that one's up there for me interesting i think black ops 3 did a fucking great job cuz you could three. just spend days in zombies yeah for sure. I think I made it to, like, 35 in multiplayer, and I was like, nah, dude, we're just gonna fucking play
0: Zombies now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm having a good time. Uh, I do like the feel of it. Uh, a lot of the graphics got a v- a little bit of a bump up, Chicken right? Chicken Vagita. Yeah. It looks it looks good. Um, the weapons feel fun and good. I love how that F2 feels. Man, the, f- the famous Amos, man. You can never go wrong in any game. Like, it's always good. It's never not been good. So, um, so far I'm having fun. I do like a little bit of the lean mechanic thing I think that's kind of cool. It's fun. Um, with the amount of mechanic and all that. I, not particularly loving the big, the, the 20 on 20 game modes. I'm not crazy about them. Um, I'm a domination guy. Dude, but straight up, I, I played a map on TDM last night and it was like a London based map where like, there's a lot of cars. So basically like, you're caught in traffic and you're running around and uh, I got locked into the TDM and I was spawn trapped to like, hell i spawned into a missile strike nice multiple times granted that is very typical of the call of duty development cycle that first couple of months the spawns are always brutal um, and they'll get better over time but um yeah having fun uh and uh, hopefully like i said i'm gonna try to get through the story maybe next week and have a review for. so for good stuff maybe. up front yeah good stuff up front uh we'll see how we field near the end awesome if you
1: want a trip down memory lane the exploration podcast just did an episode on modern warfare 2 covering everything from story mode to multiplayer to glitches and everything in between and those broken ass sweaty classes that everybody had at least one of uh, so what you said saying talking about mono, you said which modern warfare modern warfare 2 so you're talking about one man army noob tube that was one of them. <laughs> uh, we had Tech Knife and Commando Pro. Oh, no. Yeah, disgusting. So, uh, yeah, if you want to hear some good shit talking lobbies, uh, check that out. Oh, no. Um, I'm glad to hear that, though, because this does seem, at the moment, um, I've been hearing a lot of good things. Positivity. Um, but we know the Activision model. we got to wait a month. Absolutely. Because black ops 4 same thing on launch yeah it's not bad yeah and then boom <laughs> the ladder <laughs> the ladder came in the progression ladder and the yeah the monetization carousel and all that yeah. stuff so only time will tell because i feel like these call of duties are lasting <laughs> like less long and less long you know what i mean i just realized what you
0: tagged on here what is that <laughs> it's a good argument we'll get into that we'll get to that but we'll
1: like you there. feel me like, like i feel like cod 4 lasted a very long time absolutely even after the release of modern warfare 2 like there was still a heavy community in invested in cod 4 okay that didn't swap over that maybe preferred it sure but i feel like now if you're like a two years behind that game is going to be dead mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's curious to see when black ops 4 is going to be dead yeah probably 2020 2021 i'd say is a fair window well
0: i know they're already working on five they were they were remember they they you know whoever sledgehammer got cut out of the rotation because the game wasn't where it was supposed to be so they said like, you're up so i wouldn't be surprised if it ends relatively soon um yeah you know what i mean um, What's so up? The best for Modern Warfare because
1: hey man, uh, I don't want to harp on this again, but how long has Rainbow Six Siege lasted? Five years now. Just
0: about. And I'm going strong. How fucking Stronger excellent! Stronger than ever. Oh, I'm not gonna get into that. I'm sorry. I just can't, we just can't. We talk about it all the time, but goddamn that. We're, we're back
1: on that cycle. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, we gotta talk about Rainbow Six every episode. Yeah, and we were doing really good for like twenty or thirty, and now we're back <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? For sure. For you sure. You got any uh, closing thoughts on Modern um, Warfare? Can you recommend it from what you've played so far? Do you think you're gonna? The way I look at it, right, is uh, my dollar per hour spent motto. So I look at things like, well, if I spent 60 or I think I spent $50 on breath of the wild and I put like 45 hours into it, I think that was a fair return. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit more than a dollar
0: per hour. Sure. Um, right now. Um, can I see myself putting at least 60 on this? What about 40? A, a working man's week. Yeah. I get probably see myself. Cause I've, I think I've already done like two. So, that's in a couple of days i'm sure yeah yeah i can see that sure um yeah i could see that i could definitely see that so far like i will say uh, i think i you know we did last year's game uh, i'm like yeah yeah it's, it's fine it's it's call of duty this one i'm a little bit more optimistic about That's because it, do- it doesn't feel quite exactly like call of duty like i said there's a little bit of battlefield mix in there which is it doesn't I, feel like a reskin yeah which is why i'm enjoying it i feel like because I, I mean i i know we talked about it well years and years ago when it came out but when battlefield one came out i was like super enthusiastic and i really did enjoy battlefield one so getting a little bit of that vibes i like it and the maps feel and I'm, I'm, this is like my last comment on it the maps feel like they're actually places they don't feel like it's a call of duty it's map.
1: like a two or three lane bullshit yeah
0: it actually feels like places with where sometimes things don't make sense like oh this is a dead end okay that's weird you know what i mean like that actually feels like places, which is why I'm kind of optimistic. I'm looking forward to digging into all the maps. Well,
1: because Ghost did that, too. Yeah. But everything was so fucking big, you couldn't find anyone.
0: <laughs> you run fucking halfway across the map just to get sniped in the ass, especially yeah. on that fucking Stonehenge map. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about Stonehenge. Yeah, me either. Let's <laughs> Dude, talk some music news and
1: reviews. All right. Uh,
0: hybrid Theory. Holy shit. 19. 19 years old. Hybrid Theory. One of the formative albums of my life, as you may recall, on that list. Uh, speaking of which, I wanted to insert something here real quick. I was thinking about... Uh, maybe not a game so per se, but maybe putting it before music. Uh, well, we take maybe a list of five ish songs that mean a lot to you mm-hmm. personally. Sure. Whether it helped you, you know, through a hard time, and maybe describing these things. Uh, next week's podcast. All right. So digging through your whole library, this song means something to me because of this.
1: So you want to do this when Mental Health Awareness Month is over?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. No, we can do it. I'm totally down. Okay.
1: This is gonna be a one-time thing, or
0: yeah, I figured we just do it once. Uh, maybe do a list of maybe as many as you want to bring to the table. Let's just do that. Cool. Um, and maybe why it means to you, why it's important to you, and um, you know things like that. Because me and my wife, we, we were in the car and a song came up, and I'm like, oh man, this reminds me of this, and then she's, oh yeah, and then Here we had a conversation about it, and I thought that was fun. So uh, I figured we would do it on the pod for next week, and uh, yeah, we'll say like I said, bring bring it to the table. So yeah. Hybrid Theory is 19 years old. I can't believe it. That's insane. Aren't they eligible for like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame soon enough? Like I the, don't know what the I think it's like 25 years is. after your initial release or something. Soon.
1: So. Well, I'm sure. I'm w- without a doubt that, that one's going to get inducted. I yeah. think any early piece of Lincoln Park material is definitely up for. Yeah, for sure.
0: Interesting. Speaking of which, hold on, hold on. So He's the, thinking, I forgot to. Um, we forgot to talk about this. I meant to put it on the criteria, but uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Let's want to talk about those real quick. Yeah, bring them up. All right. So um, basically, I'm gonna go through this list. You let me know who you think um, we will get know, it, is, is, or who's gonna get it, or if they're worthy or whatever. All right. Pet Benatar. Yeah, she'll get in. You think worthy? Mm, worthy? That, sure. Easily worthy. Will she get in this year? Do you think? Mm, maybe. Well, I guess but we, we
1: got to see what the competition is.
0: Dave Matthews Band. Uh, yeah, I think it's overdue. Yeah. Uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah, I think it's overdue. I'm surprised they're not in already. To be yeah, honest. Yeah. Right. Uh, The Doobie Brothers? Uh, I don't know too much about the Doobie Brothers. Me either. Whitney Houston? Uh, Overdue. Yeah, she's she's getting in. Judas Priest? What? They're not in yet? Yeah, I guess not. Craftwork?
1: Oh, Craftwork. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I enjoy Craftwork. I don't know if they quite... uh, Well, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I guess they would qualify... Mm, see, I think Kraftwerk is on that slightly obscure spectrum for this list. Yeah. Where it, it's not gonna be a very it's not gonna be as well known as something as like Judas Priest.
0: So I have a feeling they'll get in just because of that. There's always like one of those. Sure. In uh, you know, the the nominees and who ended up making it in the end. Uh MC five. I guess is a rap group. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Motorhead. Uh okay. <laughs> um how long are we waiting? Till yeah. everybody dies? Or... Like, I guess so. This one, I think their first ballot, because I think this is their first year they're eligible, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Yeah, we know who's going to get it. Yeah, I think I think they're getting in. Notorious B.I.G. He's not in? No. Nope. I, th- I think it's his first year of eligibility, though. Huh. Yeah. Um, I-, I think I might actually pick that over Nine Inch Nails. Really? Yeah. Whoa.
1: B.I.G.'s done a lot for the genre.
0: Whoa. Relax. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's getting in, but i wouldn't i wouldn't say all that now all right <laughs> Rufus featuring shaka khan mm, wow well, it actually sounds familiar i couldn't tell you a song though Sh- sure tony or i'm sorry tony. todd Rund- Rund- rundgren i don't honestly i don't know who next. this is yeah next the, the, they should they should get in this this next group Soundgarden. Yeah. yeah what? yeah Come on. Is, is this also their first year <laughs> I believe there's no so. way no I, I think so yeah damn I haven't seen them on there, because we talked about the ballad last year and I don't recall hearing them on there. Okay. T-Rex. Okay. Sure. If why not? Thin
1: Lizzy. Yeah. Thin Lizzy. Um, how are they not? Okay.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think the, this, the year of, I thought they were already in there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so I think they only choose five from every single class. Which five do you think? Soundgarden, okay. Nine Inch Nails,
1: Notorious, uh, Judas Priest, and Motorhead. I think those are my five. Okay. I think I left out one that I would like to see. Probably Whitney Houston right, easily gonna beat out
0: one of them. I was thinking, but those are my five. I was predicting Depeche Mode, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden, and Notorious B.I.G. That's what I was. think. That's also fair. Yeah, that that's, was that was my out guess. of realm of reason. Yeah, but I, like I said, Judas Priest. That I'm I'm stunned by that. I'm stunned yeah, by that.
1: Yeah, that's um. Is Iron, Iron Maiden's gotta be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right?
0: I think they are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They
1: and are. I mean, Judas Priest. That's like. That's like hand-in-hand, hand,
0: you know? Wait, hold on. Let me make sure who's...
1: <laughs> yeah, pull up
0: the list before we start... S- no, no, no. This is the list, but I'm just looking for... Oh, okay. So this is the first year Notorious B.I.G. is eligible for sure. Nine Inch Nails has been eligible for five years, but they have three nominations total. Interesting. Soundgarden, this is their f- first year? F- first year, yeah. They okay. were eligible in 2011, but they this is their first year nominated
1: interesting mm, very interesting do people not listen to soundgarden anymore i fucking love soundgarden. i think we should just wait for Audio Slave <laughs> to be eligible and indict them
0: do you think cornell do you think cornell gets in on his own one day yeah 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 because he actually had like a solid career on his own <laughs> and are he was in all, all he these other. fucking great career yeah because like people are like oh Cobain should get on his own like but he didn't really have a career without nirvana yeah like, you know what i mean yeah. there was no other thing that he did so what's your favorite song of hybrid theory Favorite song, Paper Cut. Yeah, same, 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 same. <laughs> yeah, Paper Cut. That's pretty easy. I think because I, I think that's probably top five all time. Logan Park songs. Awesome.
1: So in two years, uh, when Hyper Theory turns twenty one, we're gonna get smashed on this podcast and uh, try and recite lyrics
0: off the top of our heads. Uh, don't, you know, I don't think you wanna play that game with me. Dude. <laughs> I think you're gonna lose that one. But yeah, so Hyper Theory, congratulations. I can't believe it. Um,
1: crazy, crazy good stuff. stuff. So I had this thought when I was driving home the other day from work, and I just slapped this on the agenda. I, uh, you know, sleight of handed it. I ninja diffused it as the Potters <laughs> would say when Jacob was not looking. Um, so is heat a flavor? If something is hot, does that count towards the like flavor profile? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Now what if you take the heat out, do you think it has as much flavor or more flavor or less flavor? Like, well, do you know what I mean? What fuck you what was, I'm trying to transition this into some music talk. Okay. Do you think that if something is... Okay. Let's say you got like a roast beef. Okay. And you put a bunch of Frank's Red Hot on it. Let's just say that's what you enjoy. Okay. Do you think that roast beef is more flavorful than it was prior? On a like a nine, a non-biased opinion, because I know I know you you don't like your roast beef overly spicy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of do you think it it inherently has more flavor? Um, do you think there's more character to that flavor
0: profile? I mean, I think it would have to be right. I think if anything that adds depth is flavor, right? But, but he food. can also mask flavor. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it depends on how hot you're getting. Well,
1: okay. Because if you look at Cheetos, right? Okay. Cheetos aren't crazy hot. No. But um, I think it masks the kind of nice styrofoamy crunch of the chip. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. You feel me? Like people like Cheetos because they're hot. They don't like them because they're flavorful. Does yeah. Does that make sense? Oh. Okay. okay. So 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 keep that thought process in mind while your daughter moves the mouse.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Elisana came in, but I don't want her playing with the mouse. Let go of the mouse. Let go. Ah. Let <laughs> the go. podcast. Let go. Let go. Let go. Okay, go with your mom. Go with your mom. I'm I, okay. I'm so, sorry if my child screams, but there it is. Nailed it. On cue and everything. <laughs> so, sound the door.
1: Here's what I'm transitioning to. Do you think that I, I heaviness <laughs> okay, in guys. music is character in music? Yes. You think so? Yes. So, if a band is stupid heavy for no other reason than being stupid heavy, you think that's character. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying you're S- wrong or right. I was, uh, some sh- bands lean on that. <laughs> sure. I mean, look at the Deathcore community. A lot of bands lean on that. Yeah. But, um, perfect example, you're sh- shooting and hollering along to My Damn Nation. Uh, before we started rolling, right, by Chelsea Grin. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they particularly lean on the heavy aspect too much. Like, th- there's there's, there's a certain level of dependency, right, a certain level. But I don't think their whole entire career depends on – I okay, let me rephrase that. I think there's more through Chelsea Grin's music in regards to the way uh, Tom does the vocals and everybody does the instrumentals and shit like that, where, sure, heaviness is an aspect of Chelsea Grin, but it is not their – only defining characteristic there's little nuances in the music that define chelsea grin and separates them from another deathcore band
0: maybe and your-
1: and maybe chelsea grin's a bad example because you know you got your deathcore stuff i got my deathcore stuff sure. but if let's say a hardcore band just released a stupid heavy grimy album that was stupid heavy grimy like over the top right will you remember that over something like vanna
0: absolutely not. Or, or
1: would that stick longer than something like Vanna, because Vanna wasn't the world's heaviest hardcore band. They were far from it. Yeah. You know? They were, and,
0: actually, they were actually really pretty if, in, and, in a lot and, of ways. And
1: that's kind of the argument I'm getting towards, and I, I, I like the like the heat analogy, because it, it, it kind of makes you think about the situation, right? So I like Sriracha on a lot of my shit, and sure, sometimes it adds flavor, but sometimes it also masks that nice, buttery goodness of something, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It was just a thought I had where... It's interesting, Gabe. You know, maybe a couple dabs of hot sauce will do it some justice, but if you smother it, you know, it, it'll ruin it.
0: What, what 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 would you classify as a dab of hot sauce in the music community? In the music community, yeah, like. Well, because uh, my whole thing is, you could be as heavy as you want, right? Yeah.
1: But if I can't separate you from another heavy band, then we have an issue. You know what I mean? That, and that's the argument I'm getting towards. Where you can you can be as heavy and as massive, you know, you you could be as grimy as you want. At the end of the day, it's your guys' band. Right? And yeah. I don't I don't care what you do, but the issue comes into play when the other flavors stop coming through. Okay. The band needs to have personality, it needs to have some sort of character. It has defining characteristics.
0: Starting to see the correlation. Do Kate. you see where I'm
1: getting at? Because yeah. at first you were like laughing and shit. But well, like but you see where I'm getting at though? Yeah. If you're heavy for the sake of being heavy without anything else shining through.
0: Well, that definitely if you're so if you're so hot that you're burning off the inside of your mouth, it doesn't matter what, what else you got going on because there you, go. you can't taste it. You know yeah. what I mean, and that's what I'm trying to get it's at. It's not here. decipherable. So, so let's answer the question.
1: I, I'm going to do these side by side. Do you think heat, as in spiciness, is a flavor profile to a limit? And now, do you think heaviness is a band character to a limit? Okay. Now that's a good answer. I like that. Okay. We had a good discussion for <laughs> once. For once, I mean. <laughs> well, well, I had to slide it in gently because it was. It's a bit of a weird thought. It, was it a, really is. It was abrasive. It really is. It's <laughs> abrasive, like it, a fucking chili or Carolina Reaper. Fun fact: He's got a new Reaper. The dude who genetically bred him. It's called uh, uh, Chili X or Pepper X. Pepper X. Yeah. Yep. Pepper X. I heard that's a bad motherfucker too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So we got some album reviews talking about uh, oh, God heavy for the sake of being
0: heavy. Sure. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Talking uh, about Kublai Khan, Texas. So, so I gave it a listen. All right, and then I'm not. I don't want to go too hard on it because I do like them, but as I listened through it... it did
1: you put on deodorant beforehand? I did.
0: Okay, well, I that's did. new. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I did, but as I was going through it, I can't even... It probably got like three songs in before it, like very rapidly faded into the background. There's nothing that really like stands out at all on this particular album, and I don't want to give them too much shit for it. All right, because I'm not the craziest Kubla Khan fan of all time. I like them, but uh, to me, indiscernible from any previous Oh, so effort. there's too much heat. <laughs> no, no, no. Not not that it's just too much heat. I think it's just the same amount. If every dish has the same amount of heat, is, is it hot?
1: Or do you think this is simply unseasoned and bland? Is that the issue? You said <sighs> there is, there's no... Nothing that sticks out from this album, mm-hmm. right? So it's like bland chicken. It's white people chicken. Well, no, cuz
0: I think uh, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of this, you'll mm-hmm. like it. But like I said, if so you're if
1: you're a flan, if you're a fan of bland chicken, you'll like bland chicken. It makes sense to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I'm saying like if you've liked everything they've done previously, which I wouldn't say they're bland in their previous efforts, just to me, once you hear something multiple times, you eventually you tune out right like it's like that beeping on that fucking um what's it called that smoke detector in your house that eventually you just stop noticing right because um, yeah, you
1: blow your brains out because of how fucking annoying it is
0: <laughs> I mean yeah sure remember that uh, there was like a 20 episode string where that thing would go beep like every like 20 minutes yeah, and I remember it, that yeah
1: you know what I do with with my parents uh I pull the thing out slightly uh, so it's like on a hinge and I like tap it and I'll go beep, beep 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 beep
0: beep really loud and shit as fast as you tap it. I remember one time when I had the carbon monoxide detector I had to pull out the, the battery Because it was just beeping all the time It was just going off Then I got dizzy mm, And now we're here Yeah, now we're here Yeah, this is, maybe this is Purgatory This is our last album <laughs> Fuck, no I... <laughs> What did I do? Yeah, right it's per... I mean, it could be worse Okay, so what what is up with this album? Uh, what,
1: do you, what do you give it? Do you think they gave it an honest shot Or do you think they cranked out an album to keep the label pleased? That that's, was it.
0: That's the one. Um, that's a five. It's a Completely five. unremarkable.
1: You know who who consistently gave us that blend of herbs and spices and then switched to bland chicken recently? Who? Upon a Burning Body. Anyway. Um, well, okay. Um, Kublai Khan is a band that probably deserves more recognition on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you did a review because I didn't get around to it. Um, mm-hmm. You got any closing thoughts on it? What would you rate it? Uh, I say five. Five? Okay. Five. five out of ten. I think that's probably fairer than some of the other albums you've given.
0: Yeah, because there's definitely albums that have faded to the background higher, harder and faster, or some albums I just didn't straight get through. Ring the Horizon. All right,
1: moving along. Good uh, stuff. So I got an album review. Uh, we did Norma Jean all Hill. Did you listen to this? I did. Uh, what, what was it that I texted you? I thought I texted you something pretty funny. You
0: said, hold on, let me get that pulled He's up. He's pulling it
1: up. I already know it off the top of my head. I'm going to make him look through his back. No, nice.
0: you said something about it was real. Not-
1: nobody asked Norma Jean to drop Album of the Year, but they did it. With their big old hearts, they fucking did it, Jacob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. That's what you said. All right. So how do
1: you, how do you wanna how do you wanna approach this one? I just
0: wanna approach it to the fact that they are completely blowing blowing everybody away right now. Yeah,
1: I think I don't wanna say expectations were low because we've mentioned that Norma Jean has been this band that's been here, that's been there. Uh, they they've been around for a very long time. And they're coming back into the main line. They're big fish again. Yeah. And not to say that they were never big Little fish, fish, right? Little fish, yeah. But I think this album goes to show that if you adapt and overcome and you embrace the new wave, in this instance, of metalcore and of griminess, that you can crank out some of the best fucking material that Norma Jean's ever cranked out. Correct. Um, here's what I sum it up to. I love a lot of these songs. And I'm not a Norma Jean fan. Well, I wasn't. A big old Norma Jean fan. Now I'm a big old Norma Jean fan. Um, When you think about a Rubin, right? Like, you know a Rubin's going to be
0: good. It wouldn't be an album review without a food reference. Right? (laughs) So when you think about a Rubin, right?
1: Like You're like, yeah, a Rubin's really good. But then
0: I feel like when you bite
1: into it, you're like, fuck. I I forgot just how good a Rubin really fucking (laughs) is. And that was my experience with this album. I went in. Already known off the bat, it's Norma Jean. They're seasoned. They're not Green Beans. They know what they're fucking doing. They're going to crank out a good album, I right? Like that. And they did that through and through. And opening track, Orphan Twins, sets the fucking tempo for this just insanity that ensues for the next 45 minutes and 27 seconds yeah um i think what this album does really fucking well is pacing because the moment it lets you go for a split fucking hair of a second and you get a chance to breathe it yanks you right back in and i think that this band is a good example they did exactly what variables did properly they did those interludes and there's much less in this album that sure. feel very natural and that feel very good as transitions into the next song uh, particularly volunteer tooth filling filing which is oh disgusting first and foremost yeah which leads into my favorite track off the album landslide defeater that's and it is insanity yeah. right off the bat if if you thought that with any previous heavy album you were going to kick drywall in on your house this album is going to make you go to home depot line up sheets and just drop kick like, four sheets of drywall in a row. And then get stuck and you got to call an employee.
0: I was thinking about more along the lines of, like, you know, that one outtake and you know... One Jackass. Of the, one of the Jackass movies where Bam gets... That the- wasn't an
1: outtake. That was an actual skit where he goes down the nine-foot-tall half pipe into yeah. the four or five sheets <laughs> yeah. and penetrates all of them. Yeah. Good stuff. Wouldn't be the first thing that was penetrated on Jackass. True. What do you think? I gave my thoughts on it. I really like this album. And I think this might just take over my feature of the year oh, wow. that Brendan Murphy previously held. Because on Anna, the 12th song of the track... It is uh, Garrett Russell of Silent Planet, and he does a stellar fucking job. First of all, it's great to hear him on a non-Silent Planet track. He's done these before, but I think this style very well complements his vocal
0: strengths. Absolutely. Ooh, <laughs> nasty. Talk to me. What do you think? So, uh, as you mentioned, Norma Jean, uh, veterans of the scene. Uh, <laughs> Say that five times real, Norma fast. Jean. on the scene. Hey, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, that might be the <laughs> that might be the, the, the title for the episode. Um, anyway, came out of nowhere, right? I like polar, polar similarity. I'm saying it for the fourth fucking episode in a row. I liked it, but hey, you know, it was a Norma Jean album, just the same as there was a lot of other Norma Jean albums. This one came out of nowhere and became a serious contender quickly. Now, um, you and I talked about some of the singles, Landsider Defeater It comes to mind uh, with errors. Yeah, with errors, uh, safety last. Like, there is probably the first five songs might be the strongest first five songs on any album you'll hear for this year. For sure. Right? I think about five albums, like I said, five songs in. I'm like, this is gonna be something special. Right? Cause I kinda it kept my attention all the way through. It did not uh fade to the background. It's that pacing, man. Yeah, it definitely kept me interested, kept my uh my attention peaked throughout. Um real life emotion, right? These guys um, I think there's definitely For some bands And even bands That I enjoy Like Dayseeker Where for some of them It's like it, It's too sanitized Like there's a level Of sanitation it's too there It's safe Yeah it's, That's not safe Safe is not the word I'm looking for But you just feel like Well this is Them recording The drums were done Separately from the guitar Like everything was yeah. done Individually
1: and Norma Jean is the 0.1% of germs <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you Gabe 0.01% of germs right That was pretty good Yeah but yeah No you're right And there's like live quality to this there is a hey man maybe that wasn't the cleanest take but it sounds the best the cleanest take isn't always the best sounding i feel like they went with the one that was the best sounding so it's supposed to cleanest right and you could feel that right even vocally there's some cracks and stuff like that along the way you're just like yeah it feels like i'm actually there like i'm fucking in the room while they're working on this project and i'm kind of i'm kind of sitting there like scott pilgrim's girlfriend right And I'm kind of just fucking getting smacked in the face with sound. And I'm just like, wow, you guys are amazing. That's where I'm at right now with Norma Jean. And I've been hyping this album up for weeks at this point. Um, I think it's something special when we both feel the same way about an album. That isn't from a big guy like Devil Wears Prada. This is true. Uh, For sure, for sure. This is on the same plane as a lot of my other top albums of the year so far. All right. Um, And it's, it's arguably less grimy. Than some of the other contenders yeah, it, like North Lane yeah, and Sanction. It's definitely not the most brutal, right? For sure, it's, it's definitely not. But when it does decide it wants to get dirty and it throws its elbow in the pit, it's it's the pit master. Everybody kind of steps aside. It's kind of like that six foot five, three hundred pound guy in the pit. You're just like, okay, he's getting down. <laughs> he's been quiet all night yeah. long, but when his song come on, yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna be ham fist. Yeah, he's gonna be putting people on their ass. That's Norma Jean. All right, so. um damn this it's got Doing as good. the weeks have gotten on it has gotten incredibly difficult to uh rate albums because it feels like especially with the last couple of weeks it's always one step up or maybe one band is getting the leg on the other it's kind of hard yeah and um maybe just maybe some of those top spots are getting shifted around a little bit with, yeah with this i know one. i know mine didn't
1: get particularly crazy shifted but now we got Norma Jean in the mix. Yeah. So I gave it an eight and a half. Yeah. What did you give it? Because you're nine. a little bit more generous than I am. It's a nine. It's a nine for you. What did you think of the feature with Garrett? I liked it. Yeah, I, he's I, good, man. I if managed. I could have anybody's pipes, it'd be his. Really? Yeah. You could have anybody's talent. You pick his? Pipes. Like fucking vocal cords. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. His. 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 His of all people's. Yeah. I think he's a fucking madman. I think when he belts it out. It's like your stepdad coming home drunk and beating the fuck out of you for no good reason. <laughs> when he belts it out, Jake, he belts it the fuck out.
0: I was thinking, I mean, if I could take somebody, I think it'd be Spencer Chamberlain's. But sure. Garrett yep. Garrett.
1: Hey, man, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> you By all means, you are. But sometimes when I sit there and listen to Silent Planet, it just, I don't know, man. It does something to me. Makes me feel all tingly on the inside. Interesting. It makes me feel like I'm going through puberty again. <laughs> <laughs> for the third time. Yeah, I, right. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, I'm glad we both enjoyed that album because
0: Yeah, dude, it was fucking gnarly. Some some shifting is going along, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Uh we should probably well you should look through the Norma Jean discography and then decide where this place is.
0: Well, I, I've been familiar with Norma Jean for quite some time, my man. So <laughs> Well, I'm saying that's why you should revisit i think it's easily the the best top okay yeah, I think well that's it's good to hear the, easily the best norma Jean album which who would think like seven albums in or whatever the fuck that a band That'd would be like oh album. yeah let me just smack you around with possibly the best album of our career thank you well
1: uh every time i die I does it every single album that's a good point <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a very good point actually each album is better than the last that's... I so i think i texted you i'm like can we just get those two guys on a tour and just fucking and and watch everybody lose their mind old school giants yeah just everybody well lose we their
1: got mind. Gideon, Norma Jean and Devil Prado. Prada That's pretty good I'm trying yeah. to go if
0: we do Zombies, Space,
1: Back to Back and then I don't know 10 other songs that just gave me the goosebumps because you, <laughs> yeah, right. you say
0: that out loud I give me the goosebumps <laughs> interesting alright so uh, we what about us we, we got another album review so Thousand Below uh, their effort Gone in Your Wake uh, I had to look that up <laughs> actually, I actually had to look at the screen because I forgot what it was um I listened to it. uh, I got through it. Overall, I will say, um, I like these guys, right? Um, But I will say that this is probably the second time or the second album from this group of bands, Bad Omens and now Them, where I have come off slightly disappointed. Now, I'm not saying I'm as disappointed as I was with Bad Omens because that quickly fell off my radar, right? This one, I think, is going to have a little bit more staying power with me. I'm not even going to say it's I'm not even going to say it's worse than their last album. I think it is better. I think it's a slight step forward. But the problem is I think and it might be just me, it might be me being a little unfair. I think I gave them more hope. I think I set I was thinking that this would be the big jump. You think your ROI would have been bigger? Yeah. Um that's what I was thinking. Um that I was going to get a little bit more out of them than I did. Like I said, everything everything is slightly better. Slightly. And that's why it's a little bit disappointing to me. I thought that they would be better. All right. I really did. Um, there are some standout tracks. Like the kid got pipes. He can sing, right? Straight up. He can sing. Those screams are on point. Uh, everybody, the riffage. I like everything I like, you know. Um, but from this group in particular, I expected more. All right. Sure. Well, what do you
1: think is better? Incremental improvements or just this massive jump between album qualities? Um, You know, because if they keep improving upon it. Um, I know Well, both of us have stock in Thousand Below. I think if they keep taking that good energy and keep stacking up the Legos on
0: it, you know what I mean? I think it's going to add up. I think I would rather have waited another year for a better album. Okay. A bigger, better album. Um, this, it, it, like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a weird feeling because I'm like I said, oh yeah, it's better, but... but... It wasn't quite sure. what I wanted. So uh, last year was the year of the newbies. This year's the year of the, the Titans. O- of the old man, yep. Of the, the old guys. Yeah, it's it's a strange, strange kind of dynamic that we got going on. Um, for me, uh, it's a 6 out of 10. Um, but I think if I, if I didn't know what the last album sounded like, I think it'd be like an 8, 7 easily. Sure. But because I know. You have that expectation. Yeah, because I know where they came from. I don't know.
1: I can't remember you know. if it was uh, Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash, but there was a quote along the lines of "Your first album is, your, is always going to be your best one because you have your entire life to write it." You've been writing it your whole life, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then your second album, you have a year or something. Right? Yeah, it's, so, a, it's, it's one of those two legends. It, it's not quite the sophomore slump like if you have with like Bad Omen, straight up. That's a sophomore slump to me. That that's that's what that is, right? Um, you know, that kind of always kind of flops and goes away. It's not quite that, but it's definitely. Um, Falls short of expectations. Anyway, so out of the Trinity, we
1: were waiting on one band to. I think they're gonna knock it out of the park or break up. One of those two, because <laughs> they've been really fucking quiet. Northern Ghost. Yeah, it's your show, turn. Yeah, show them up. Yeah, please. Um, open early, first quarter, twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, I think is believable. Hopefully, because like you said, I haven't, I haven't it seen. They've been quiet. Yeah, haven't heard anything from them, but um, they hopefully they kind of salvage this class. You know, yeah, because I, I mean, we we said two years ago that this is the next wave because the class of 97 is looking really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Man. Sorry. 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 Couldn't help myself there. But um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Thousand uh, Below, you know, um, good effort. Good job. Uh, it sounds good. Just not not where I want you to be. Good
1: stuff. T minus two weeks to counterparts. We're sure. Fuck up some lists. We'll see oh yeah yeah we'll i got a good feeling about it let's we'll I, really, really I mean i don't know
0: dude i mean it's been so like i mentioned it before it's been so hard the last couple you're of gonna weeks. have a harder time
1: organizing your top five than i am Do you think so i think my movies i'm gonna have more trouble
0: with and your albums you're gonna have more well, trouble i've only with. seen like fucking four movies this year so yeah, i, know. I every, know everything makes the top five at this point <laughs> you know what i mean uh just based on you know <laughs> by default yeah everything. By, by default everything's, <laughs> everything's gonna make the top five but um yeah, I think albums is going to be definitely going to be hard for me this year, which is good. It's a good problem to have because yeah. uh, I think last, last year yeah. we yeah. were
1: the plot and you all the way up until the end. And then when That's the end began. Of, yeah. Well, you had a little bit of movement, but it yeah. was a pretty consistent five. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, the, this yeah, year year's going to be a little bit more interesting, I think. And we had like I maybe had like one surprise that last hands so that came out with something that was like really good. But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. With that, you got anything else to add, Gabe? Yeah. Uh, so the one thing I would like to see mainstream back from the
1: 80s is just normalizing cocaine. Um, that's it. I thought that was, isn't that kind of a
0: thing already? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're just hanging out with the wrong friends. That's why. Mm. True. True, true, true. True, true, true. I ain't never told no. Remember, wait, remember you, you would do that like a lot? What? Well, um, true, true,
1: true. Yeah, you would say that a lot. Oh, God. Yeah, we should bring back 2000 or 2015,
0: Gabe. I was thinking about maybe running a podcast and just copying, and pasting things that you have said from other shows, and be like, "Yeah, Gabe, maybe on a show you can't make it." Uh, what do you think? <laughs> You're gonna have all these snippets of yeah. dumb shit I said. Yeah, keep it. Uh, let's go to Gabe now. Because you, every time you would, t- you take a big hit on your fucking uh, what's to what call it? My cloud machine. Yeah, shit. Uh, maybe that'll be fun I mean it's too much work I definitely won't do it but I think it'd be fun I think it'd be fun <laughs> hey Dan we got a job for you <laughs> right definitely Um, I would like to run a live show soon Gabe sure I, but have I don't today. we would have to like troubleshoot it before because I wouldn't want you'd be like oh yeah we're gonna do a live show and then not have it figured out and then have you and me sitting at home just fucking banging our heads banging against <laughs> <us>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly so uh, I would like to schedule a a a, tr- a test run soon And uh, so you won't have to make that haul out here every single weekend if we can nail it. Cool. If we can nail it. We'll see, though. Um, But other than that, I believe that was the Second City Kids podcast for this week, Gabe. Yeah. Yep. Um, So thank you guys for joining us for episode 137. 137. We'll see you here next week for 138. 138. Uh, But until then. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But until then, folks, I like how you like you weren't even like half awake for that one. You're like, oh, yeah, 137. Uh, We'll see you here next week. And until then, folks, deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces.